Thank you for joining us for this week's message from the First Christian Church in Great Bend, Kansas. Each week we share thought-provoking and life-changing teachings on topics that are important and relevant to you in your life. We hope that you will be encouraged by our weekly podcast and will tune in regularly. Now let's join the First Christian Church of Great Bend for this week's message. Today we are in week five of our sermon series called Finding Joy. And as you know, what we're doing in this series is delving into and wrestling with how it is that you and I can find and then live into lives that are filled to overflowing with joy by working through the eight pillars of joy. In pillar number one, perspective, we discover that no matter what happens to us, we have the ability to choose our perspective or how we respond. In pillar number two, humility, we learn that true humility is not about living a life of self-deprecation or thinking that we're not good enough, but instead it's about coming to see that, that none of this is about us and what we want, but about God and what he wants. In pillar number three, acceptance, we learned how to let go of those things that we can't change so that we can be set free to give all of our time and energy to the things that we can change. And then last week, in pillar number four, forgiveness, we learned first and foremost that forgiveness is not just about others, but instead is about us letting go, us sending away, so that we can live into the lives that God created us for. So again, I ask you, after four weeks now, how many of you have found a little bit more joy in your life? Are you guys lying? Have you found it there? Yeah? So one of the things I'm going to remind you of again is, if you want to live joy, these are practices. These are ways of thinking. You have to work at this or you won't receive it. And, and I give you that again because as someone who has practiced it and then slacked off again, I find that miserable curmudgeon that lives deep down inside of me coming back. Any of you have that curmudgeon that lives down in there? Anybody? I'm the only one that has that? I know you people. I know you've got that down in you. Okay, so this week to continue our journey, we are going to be getting into pillar number five which is compassion. And to understand exactly what compassion is, for me, the best place to begin is with the meaning of this word. Because when you break this word down into its component parts, you'll find that the prefix come means with or alongside, and the word passion means to suffer. Again, come means to be with or alongside, while passion means to suffer. Think passion of the Christ. All that means is suffering. So, when you read this word literally, what it means is to suffer with, to suffer alongside. Or to give this word some flesh and blood, parents, I want you to think about your kids. And if you don't have any kids, I want you to think about that person you are closest to. And what I want you to think about is a time when that person you loved was suffering. One of those moments where you had to, in a sense, sit back and watch as your loved one was hurting. Maybe it was due to an accident. Maybe it was due to a failure. They were being bullied. They were made fun of. Maybe they were sick. Whatever it is in your mind's eye, I want you to think about your loved one suffering. Okay, so now that you have that in mind, what I want you to notice is how that memory affects you. And that even though that thing that happened didn't happen to you, that somehow you still feel that suffering. Now for me, what comes to mind almost immediately is I picture my oldest daughter, Karis, at about the age of three years old, having a severe asthma attack. I mean, she really is getting to the point where she is struggling for every last breath. Because for me in that moment, 
I wasn't just some observer standing at a distance watching as this attack happened to her. No, as her dad. Somehow I felt what she felt. I was suffering with her. I also think about a time almost two years ago when my girls really for the first time experienced death when we had to put down our beloved cat we've had forever. And what I remember as I listened to both of them sob because their hearts were breaking is that again, this was not something that as an outside observer didn't affect me. No, because of my relationship with my girls to a certain extent, I felt what they were feeling. Well, that kind of suffering with is the first part of what it means to have compassion. Then the next part of compassion is as you experience someone else's suffering, as you feel what they feel, you do what you can to alleviate the pain, right? Again, think back to that moment as you watch someone you love suffer and how that affected you. But now, instead of just thinking about how you felt in that moment, I want you to think back to what you did. Because I'm pretty sure the first response you had to them suffering, to you feeling their suffering, was not to sit there and just watch. No. It was to get up and do everything in your power to take away their suffering. For me, in Karis' asthma attack, I scooped her up and took her to the emergency room immediately to get her the care she needed. When my girls were facing death, what I tried to do was help them the best I could. I held them. I let them cry. I talked to them about what they were feeling and then tried to help them as much as possible to understand the reality of death because this is the first in many deaths that they are going to experience in their life. And all because that's what it means to have compassion, right? And that you feel the pain of others and then you do what you can to make things better. Very simple, very straightforward. That's what compassion is. Now, now that you understand what compassion is, but before we get into how joy and compassion are mixed together, I first want to show you how our God is a God of compassion. Or how our God is not this distant being that's unattached, but a God who actually feels what we feel and acts. And this is something, this is a truth, that if you get it, doesn't matter what's going on in your life, if you'll hold on to it, there will, you will find a sense of joy there. So, the story that comes to my mind when I think about our God being a God of compassion is the story of Lazarus. And as many of you know, what happens in this strange and amazing story is that Lazarus, the brother of Mary and Martha, gets sick and eventually dies because Jesus is not there to offer healing. But then what happens towards the end of this story, as Jesus finally shows up, is this, and it's remarkable. When Mary came where Jesus was and saw him, she knelt at his feet and said to him, Lord, if you would have been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews who came with her also weeping, he was greatly disturbed in his spirit and deeply moved. He said, where have you laid him? And they said, Lord, come and see. And Jesus began to weep. Jesus began to cry. So as you can see, Jesus is not some unattached, unfeeling person who stands at a distance unaffected by the tragedy that happens, but instead as a man who feels the pain and suffering of his friends, which is made clear as he's overcome with grief and he begins to weep. But of course, Jesus doesn't stop there. No, Jesus goes on because of that suffering to do what he can to relieve that pain. When he said this, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. 
And the dead man came out, his hands and feet bound with strips of cloth, his face wrapped in a cloth. Jesus said to them, unbind him and let him go. Or Jesus, because he had been moved and affected by the suffering of his friends, does what only he can do. He raises Lazarus from the dead. Or he enters into that place of suffering to do what he can to make things right. Or note, Jesus has compassion. That's a beautiful picture of what compassion looks like. But then as scripture reveals time and time again, not only does Jesus offer compassion here, no, once you begin to understand what compassion is, you'll begin to see that basically every part of Jesus' ministry is an act of compassion, where God feels the suffering of some of his people and then does something to make it right. I mean, think about when Jesus feels the pain of people who are suffering physically. What does he do when people who are suffering physically? He offers healing, right? What about when Jesus feels the chain and the weight of people who are trapped by evil? What does he do there? He casts that evil out. He fights against that evil. When Jesus feels the pain of the outcast or those who have been labeled as not good enough, what does he do? He accepts these people unconditionally. In fact, for every area of life where you find people suffering, you will find some kind of example of Jesus entering into their suffering to make things right, which clearly reveals in my mind that our God is a God of compassion. And what makes this truth even more powerful is when you begin to understand that this is the way God feels and cares about us every single moment of our lives. When we suffer, God suffers. But not only does God suffer with us, God is also always at work trying to set us free. Did you hear what I just said? The creator of the universe loves you so much that when you suffer, he suffers. But not only that, but he does what he can to help you be set free. Our God is a God of compassion. And it doesn't matter what you're facing in life. If you will hold on to that truth, you will find some joy. Because you are never alone. Our God will never leave or forsake you. Come on now. That's amazing. That's a truth that the world needs to hear. All right, since you guys can't get excited, we'll move on. Okay, so now that you get our God is a God of compassion, um, let me now show you why compassion is another necessary part of us finding joy. So the way to understand the, the connection that happens between joy and compassion and why they're so intermingled, um, I just give you a, a simple statement that puts it onto perspective. Their joy is our joy. Their joy is our joy. And I want you guys to say that with me because I want that to stick in your brain. Their joy is our joy. And what that simple statement brings to light is that because we as human beings are connected to one another in deep ways, think about the people that you love, that means oftentimes where we find joy is in and through the joy of others. But then on the flip side of that, again, because we live these connected lives, it's also the case that their suffering is our suffering. Or again, think back to that moment when you watch someone that you love suffer and how it didn't matter what was going on in your life. You're not able to enjoy anything because you were feeling what they were feeling. 
Well, what that ultimately means is that when people we are connected to were hurting, really only really one of the only ways that we're going to find joy in those places is not to run away, is not to try to ignore, which we're really good at trying to do, right? No. It's by living compassion. It's by entering into their suffering and doing what we can to set them free. Because remember, their freedom is our freedom. Their healing is our healing. Their joy is our joy. Or after taking Karis to the emergency room and getting her the help she needed, on the car ride home, I cried tears of joy because her suffering was no more. Her relief was my relief. Her freedom was my freedom. And then in the case of my girls facing death, again, I found joy as they started to find relief and joy again. And all because in these interconnected lives that we live, one of the most important places we will find joy is living compassion. You guys get it? The best example I can give you is, I think, of mothers with their children, fathers with their children. Um, if you've ever been a parent, you know that when that baby is crying, you feel that on the inside of you, right? It's, you can't relax. You can't do anything. In fact, you start to yell at your spouse uh, because you feel that, or at least that's what my wife did to me. I never, I never did that to her. <laughs> You're not supposed to lie as the minister, right? Lord, I apologize. Forgive me. And it wasn't until our child stopped crying and was okay that we found joy, right? That's, that's what it means. Their joy is our joy. Okay, so now that you have all of that running around in your brains, hopefully kind of transforming the way you think about joy is not just being about us and what we're doing, but about the connection we have to others. Your assignment for this week and then for the rest of your life, for that matter, is to, in the same way that our God feels and enters into and is at work in the midst of our suffering setting us free, is to basically do the same thing for others. By entering into their suffering and doing what we can to set them free. Because that, my friends, is where you're going to find the joy. And if you run from it, you try to hide from it, you're going to have a really hard time finding joy. You've got to live compassion to find joy. Let us pray. Father, today, as we go deeper into this idea of finding joy, we find that joy is not just something that we do. It's not just about our independent lives, but instead is about our connection to others. So help us to understand, oh Lord, today that um, their joy is our joy. That we are dependent on others and how they feel and so what we need to do in response to that is, is not to run away, is not to push them away, but to enter into their suffering to help them be set free so that we can be set free. And then also, Lord, help us to understand that in the good times and in the bad times, no matter what we face, that you truly are a God of compassion. You truly are a God who knows what we are going through, who knows the weight of our, um, what we're facing, and then you're always there trying to set us free. So today, O oh Lord, we pray that you will teach us how to live compassion and also to know that you are a God of compassion. We ask this all in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. You are invited back next week for another life-changing message from the First Christian Church of Great Bend, Kansas. 
please check out our website at www.fccgbk.com. That's fccgbk.com. May you have a blessed week.